Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 103 of Compliance Into the Weeds, where with the coolest man in compliance, Matt Kelly, we take a deep dive, literally going into the weeds to discuss a compliance or compliance-related topic. Before we get to today's topic, have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Have you ever wanted to be a part of a podcast network? Well, as I expand out my compliance podcast network, I'm looking for new podcasts to place on the network. If you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, there is no time like the present. And to help you get started, I would recommend you use One Stone Creative, who produces the Innovation and Compliance and Great Women podcast for the Compliance Podcast Network. And now a message from One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. Today, Matt and I have a ton of fun as we introduce two new characters, Conspiracy Tom and Conspiracy Matt, as we discuss some recent announcements from Securities and Exchange Commission Chairman Jay Clayton and PCO AOB Chairman William Dunkey. These announcements relate to Chinese companies and their failure to abide by U.S. audit standards. The Securities and Exchange Commission will be looking at it from the securities perspective, particularly from the reverse merger where Chinese companies will buy into an existing U.S. company and then fail to meet the uh, U.S. requirements, the PCAOB, and the lack of auditor transparency from China. The conspiracy part, all of this just happened the same week of the arrest of <coughs> Juliet Ming, the chief financial officer of Huawei, and the deepening trade war between China and the U.S. Do you think it's a conspiracy, or do you think it's just coincidence? We take a look at both angles. All I can say is Conspiracy Tom and Conspiracy Matt had great fun in this podcast. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds, where, with my good friend and colleague Matt Kelly, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive, literally going into the weeds of a compliance or compliance-related issue. We try to stay topical in this podcast, but this is going to be as close to breaking news as we get. And, spoiler alert, you're going to get the best of Conspiracy Matt and Conspiracy Tom in this podcast. So, uh, Matt, first of all, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to uh, visit with us today. Always happy to be here, Tom. So, Matt, uh, why don't you tell us where you're at, what you're listening to, and uh, we can use that as a lead into your blog post today because I can't wait to get into this topic. Sure. So I am talking to all of you from Washington, D.C. today, where I am attending the AICPA's annual conference for SEC and PCAOB public company accounting issues. So if you are anyway involved in uh, corporate audits or uh, filing your company's financial statements or any sort of SEC regulation or audit firm regulation, uh, you are probably here or know of this event. I would say there's probably about 1,500 or 2,000 people here. Um, all of the big speakers from the regulatory agencies attend and have something to say. So I was listening to them uh, today, this morning and this afternoon, and now I've squirreled myself off to an empty conference room somewhere in the sub-basement of this hotel complex to uh, dial in with all of you here. 
So Matt, um, you wrote a, a quick, but I thought great little blog post today entitled U.S. Regulators Warn on China. So yes. what did uh, last week uh, SEC Chairman Jay Clayton and PCAOB Chairman Will Dunkey uh, warn us about? So this was really interesting um, for several reasons. Number one, this was a statement that came out at, I think, about 4 p.m. on a Friday. So always interesting when the SEC and other regulators put out a statement just before we all peace out for the weekend. It came from uh, SEC Chairman Jay Clayton, uh, PCAOB Chairman William Dunkey, and SEC Chief Accountant Wes Bricker. They published this statement, all three of them together, warning about uh, really expressing their frustration at their inability to get cooperation from their regulatory counterparts in China, leaving U.S. regulators unable to successfully assess and govern the risks around Chinese companies that trade on U.S. exchanges that have entered the U.S. markets, not because they filed an IPO in the traditional way, but probably about 10, eight years ago, there was a wave of Chinese companies that merged with U.S. shell companies, and that let them slip onto U.S. markets. So they trade on U.S. exchanges. However, the United States has no real cooperative agreement with the securities and audit regulators in China to be able to inspect the work of audit firms in China that are auditing, allegedly, these companies that are in China doing business in China, but they are selling trade uh, shares and trading on U.S. markets. Um, there's not a lot of these companies. There's several hundred of them. So that's not chump change. It's not negligible, but there's not a gigantic number of companies that fit this profile. But for years, the SEC has been unhappy with its inability to assess the audit work and the reliability of the financial reporting of these Chinese companies. And then for some mysterious reason, on Friday afternoon, the SEC and PCAOB put out this joint statement again that really kind of you know, not only did it call out that this is still an ongoing issue, but almost said that, you know, we're going to have to take retaliatory action if something doesn't change. Why you would do that just before everybody left for a weekend? I don't know. And then they did that just before the biggest public company accounting conference of the year, because Clayton and Dunkey and Wes Bricker have all been here this morning talking. Um, you know, we can get into that, but that that's the lay of the land here is that they fired this warning shot about Chinese companies that are U.S. listed that they can't really get their arms around the uh, operational and audit risks of these firms. So I'm going to leave Conspiracy Tom uh, to the side for a moment because this has been going on at least since 2010, these yes. reverse mergers. And if a U.S. company can't be audited, won't be audited, uh, doesn't have sufficient financial statements uh, for the uh, for sufficient for the SEC, why doesn't the SEC just say you can't do business in the United States? Seems pretty simple to me. Well, in theory, that is a yeah, I mean, they could do that. And it is a simple and straightforward um, solution. It's also a drastic solution. Uh, and for a long time, I think the PCAOB and the SEC did not want to um, unruffle or to unnecessarily ruffle the feathers of a very important uh, trading partner and you know, frenemy, adversary, or however you might want to describe it, partner that, you know, that's the relationship between the U.S. and China. There are many different ways that these two countries that we might pick fights with each other. This may not have been the most productive fight to pick 
for a long time. So the SEC has never actually done anything other than complain about it. Um, and we are still at the complaining phase right now. It's just begs the question, why are we complaining now? Why not last week or last year or next year? Why specifically did we issue this statement when we did? And that that is a very valid question to ask. Well, then let's let's have conspiracy Tom throw out a few facts. Number one, we were about to lay on two hundred fifty billion dollars worth of tariffs on uh, China. Number two, uh, a week ago, the daughter of the founder of Huawei was arrested in Canada uh, based upon an indictment and warrant from U.S. officials. She's now being held pending bail hearing and potential extradition hearing to the United States. Uh, she's the chief uh, financial officer. Uh, apparently um, charged with fraud in export controls. Uh, and now we have this announcement. So are you suggesting they're not related, Matt? Well, there are multiple cynical interpretations we could put forward here. Um, I'll put aside the conspiracy one for a moment and dispose of uh, cynical theory number one is that there may legitimately be something coming in these several hundred Chinese firms that the SEC has an inkling that there's going to be some sort of Enron-esque type of meltdown one of these firms has that affects U.S. markets or even just the other Chinese companies listed on U.S. exchanges. Like There may be something coming there with a big fraud, and the SEC simply wants to get ahead of the scandal to say to the public, We've been talking about this. We've been talking about it all the time. We talked about it on December 7th. Don't be surprised. This just happened. That's one cynical interpretation. And it should be noted, and here's how fresh this news is, is that just today, this afternoon, the SEC did file an enforcement sanction against one of these companies. It is called Agria. It is an agribusiness firm. It is mostly uh, doing business in China, even though it's listed on the United States, and uh, its CEO had been committing some sort of accounting fraud. This only was announced within the last hour. I have not read all of the details of it, but yet again, uh, that company, while trading on U.S. exchanges, had a subsidiary of KPMG as its auditor for years, but that subsidiary was in China. So the PCAOB could not see, is that a serious audit you're doing or not? And the SEC couldn't know, are these serious financial statements or is this balance sheet legit or not? And then apparently not, because now there's this fraud enforcement action that's just happened. This doesn't seem to be a big fraud. I don't think this is going to cause any broader effects. But if you did want to just say, give credit where it may be due, maybe the SEC is just trying to raise a warning Maybe there's going to be more of this in the future as the Chinese economy continues to slow a bit. And we really we have no idea about the strength of the balance sheets of these companies because we don't we can't confirm that what they put on their statements is accurate. So that's conspiracy theory or cynical interpretation. Number one, cynical interpretation. Number two, getting back to conspiracy, Tom, and I have to say conspiracy, Matt, is probably with you on this one is that uh, this is part of a larger effort by the Trump administration to pressure China over its trade negotiations. Um, we do have that arrest of the Huawei daughter's, uh, founder's daughter. She is actually the CFO of the company. Her name is Meng Wanzhou, and she is due for a bail hearing in Canada where she was arrested this afternoon. Um, I personally think that is probably the most provocative act 
that we have taken against China in quite some time. Um, you know, this is a high-profile company. She is a high-profile business executive there, and if there are going to be photos of her in handcuffs in a Vancouver court, or if she's going to have an ankle monitor and those photos wind up on Chinese media, the Chinese public will be incensed over that. Incensed. They will be livid. Um, but there could be that, and then there could be this, and then there are these trade negotiations and the threat of sanctions. The Chinese may very well see all of this as this is the Trump administration using every weapon in its arsenal to try and contain us, and we don't like it. And this is the part where for all the compliance officers who've been listening for 15 minutes and are wondering, Matt, Tom, when are you going to get to the point where I have to care about it? If China believes that the U.S. is using all of its resources, including the ability to hassle Chinese businesses to force trade policy against China, China would very naturally think, therefore, it is okay for us here in Beijing to use all of the resources at our disposal to hassle U.S. businesses doing business here in China. And that would include compliance officers. It would include all of your executives who come over to China on a regular basis. If we are arresting their CFOs, they're going to think it is fair game for them to arrest our CFOs who might be visiting. Uh, if we are going to start using securities law and audit regulations against Chinese companies and threatening to delist them here, perhaps their regulators will start to investigate us while we are doing business over there. There is a very big tit-for-tat scenario here that could go on that I am unconvinced if this really is a coordinated thing with the Trump administration, because that does imply a level of sophisticated governance that so far the Trump administration has been lacking at showing, to put it nicely. Um, and I just can't believe the Trump organization would, uh, the Trump administration would be that uh, clever and effective and mobilizing everything all at once. But maybe they are, regardless of if that's true or not to us here in America. The Chinese would assume that is perfectly normal because that is how their government operates. And their government doesn't distinguish that much between important businesses and important political and strategic interests. And they would think it's perfectly normal to hassle a business executive if that serves the interest of the state. And they wouldn't do it because we're not doing it to them. But now we've gone and we've done it to them. And now we're, you know, erupting these little feuds in places all over the, the, the spectrum. Could this lead to the Chinese government and Chinese regulators causing all sorts of economic, political and legal trouble for any big American interests, including business interests that are over there in China? Maybe it could. We don't know. This is all happening so quickly. But I mean, that, that's the lay of the land here is that it's very uncertain and it's very chaotic. And uh, we have to think about that. So my advice for compliance professionals, Matt, would be if you're in China, uh, 2018 would be a very good year to spend the holidays in America. I think so. Uh, perhaps even Q1 uh, 2019, uh, because the Chinese uh, will engage in tit for tat and there will be um, arrests and there will certainly be prosecutions out of this. And unlike the Serious Fraud Office and the U.S. Department of Justice, Chinese prosecutors have a very, very good conviction rate. Um, but the um, 
We also had uh, earlier this year, uh, the Department of Justice indicated that they were going to ramp up FCPA investigations yep. for Chinese companies engaging in uh, allegedly uh, robbery and corruption. The um, really leading to um, certainly the GSK example we can point to where the Chinese government uh, did so engage in an internal investigation and prosecution of a Western company, their uh, United Kingdom company. And to your point of the uh, lack of distinction, one need only look to Jack Ma, Communist Party member Jack Ma, uh, mm-hmm. one of the five richest men in the world, Jack Ma, for the uh, total uh, blending of political and private citizens within the state of China. And I guess my other observation would be that certainly Donald Trump is not capable of making anything under a, uh, anything other than a bull in the China shop rush. But my sense is that his lead trade negotiator is quite a clever individual and that he could have gone to various government agencies, uh, certainly to a Sessions Justice Department, uh, perhaps even a Clayton-led Securities and Exchange Commission, and say something along the lines of, we'd like you to look at any illegal conduct uh, engaged in or in, uh, conduct against the regulatory scheme my company's engaged in China. And if we had that kind of direction by the trade negotiator, uh, I think he's probably smart enough and his staff is smart enough to put together that sort of plan going forward. You know, that's very possible. And to that point, uh, it's worth remembering my cynical interpretation, number one, maybe the SEC is legitimately worried about some sort of audit risk time bomb that's ticking away with these Chinese companies. If that were the case, then I would have expected Jay Clayton, Bill Dunkey, and Wes Bricker today here at the AICPA conference, I would have expected them to expand on that point a bit more if they thought that this was a serious issue. Well, when they took the stage this morning, basically, and several times they were asked about this statement on Friday, and every time they basically said, well, we just thought it was a good time to remind everybody this is an issue. Next question, please. And that kind of tells me that maybe they didn't really want to do this. That's speculation on our part. But if somebody told them do me a solid, put this statement out, and then just kind of poo-poo it at the AICPA conference, but we need this, go do it. And then they did it. Like the the facts line up with that interpretation of what may be moving here. And, um, you know, one other, actually two other points that compliance officers might want to bear in mind as well. Number one, you talked about Jack Ma, who is the CEO and founder of Alibaba which is a big Chinese tech firm, I think the biggest technology firm in China and possibly the world. Um, One guess, what current SEC chairman was his lawyer when Alibaba did file its IPO several years ago on U.S. markets? None other than Jay Clayton. Indeed, small world. Uh, Just to give you a sense of how tangled U.S. and Chinese business interests are and how they're spilling into the regulatory uh, strains that we see. But also, it's um, worth noting um, today, Monday, there is a very interesting item on the FCPA blog about a new law adopted in China that is essentially a blocking statute that would prevent Chinese subsidiaries of non Chinese companies from 
providing information to external law enforcement outside of China for various investigations. So I, you almost get the sense that China is trying to throw an elbow back at the U.S. for this um, China initiative. And now suddenly China has a law that would allow its Chinese subsidiaries of U.S. companies might be prohibited from sharing information back to the Washington, D.C. And how is that going to work? And we don't know. There's all these jurisdictional messes. But the broader point that U.S. and China strategic tensions and trade tensions are spilling into every aspect of how large multinationals do business when they're straddling the U.S. and China. And companies are going to have to figure out how to navigate this. And by companies, I mean the legal department, the compliance department, and the operational people. Like, this is how it's going to affect you. And it, this is getting more complex and interrelated and difficult and impenetrable by the day right now. And I don't know how this is going to resolve itself. But suddenly I'm starting to think that um, navigating this thicket of U.S.-China tensions, this is going to become a really big deal for global companies in 2019. And I know it has not been easy already, but I think that this is just a foretaste of things to come. And it um, doesn't look like it's going to taste very good. So let me drop conspiracy, Tom, for a moment and maybe circle back to where you started, which sure. was reverse mergers on Chinese and Chinese shell companies. Uh, I, I have thought that was just an abomination uh, when I first read about it, I think, in 2010. And uh, I frankly believe that uh, U.S. regulators should be taking a look at those more closely, because if a U.S. investor cannot make a determination that a corporation is owned by a Chinese group or a Chinese shell company, even though it's listed under the United States and uh, a U.S. stock exchange or other listing, uh, I think that does negatively impact U.S. investors. And I do say, see that directly within the uh, remit and purview of the Securities and Exchange Commission to look into. And if it turns out they can't get uh, accurate uh, financial statements to be reported uh, on a 10Q or a K, um, then that is something that I, I would uh, certainly hope that the Securities and Exchange Commission would take not only a very dim view of, but perhaps uh, institute enforcement actions uh, to stop that behavior inside the United States. Yeah, you know, that's a perfectly valid uh, position to take, and I would agree with you. I think that um, just the timing of it to do that now is um, delicate to say the least, because that will be seen by Beijing as yet another provocative act in a string of provocative acts. It is not the most provocative. I think arresting the Huawei CFO probably is, but they're all happening all at once. And given the president's very inflammatory and aggressive rhetoric against China, um, you know, there's a school of thought that the Chinese don't pay much more attention to Donald Trump's rhetoric anymore because you can't really count on it for anything. It changes so often. But these are specific actions that could be taken. And the Chinese will figure out how to respond to those. It, you, we might fairly criticize the PCAOB and the SEC during the Obama administration. Why did you not try to take a more aggressive stance then when it might have been acceptable or it might have been a provocative act without the flurry of other provocations that are happening. But for whatever reason, we didn't take it then. We're taking it now. And it's just one more jab at China amidst many jabs. And you have to respect the fact that China is a formidable adversary. And if it decides to jab back, businesses are probably going to feel that blow. And that is not going to be an easy blow to take. Um, 
so you're not wrong to say all of that. It's just at a practical level, um, other parties, other constituencies are going to feel the consequences of the SEC taking an action like that now. And we'll have to see. Um, then again, putting on my cynical hat in yet another direction, um, if the SEC is just going through the motions to please the uh, aggressive and zealous trade negotiators in the U.S., maybe they put out the statement and maybe Maybe they're not going to do a dang thing about it after putting out the statement. It's hard to say, but um, this is something that is you, companies will have to bear watching very carefully because this could become a big deal very quickly. Well, uh, actually, I think it already is a thing, Matt. Uh, and I think <laughs> that, that's true. Right. That the uh, arrest of Julie Ming using her uh, westernized, anglicized name, uh, the CFO at Huawei was probably the most provocative act that could have been engaged in. And, and if she is seen in a orange jumpsuit handcuffed, uh, I think you're absolutely right that um, the Chinese population, the Chinese populace will take a very dim view of it. And, uh, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas in America. I think it looks like a really good year to, to holiday in America over the holidays. <laughs> it's worth remembering that when they arrested Miss Meng, um, they arrested her pretty much at the same time that Donald Trump was having dinner with Chinese President Xi Jinping, and Donald Trump did not know that arrest was happening. The President of the United States did not know that they were going to take possibly the most provocative act they could against China while he is meeting with the head of the Chinese government. Um, it so again, I, I can't tell you if this is all part of some grand scheme or if the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Either one is very plausible in this administration, but that's where we are, folks. So in this, let me end then with uh, Conspiracy Tom. Uh, sure. She was indicted uh, by grand jury last summer, and that indictment was held. And somehow uh, the U.S. government was made aware of her travel schedule because she was uh, transshipping through changing planes in Canada only to fly somewhere else. So whether she was flagged when she went through Canadian customs, although typically you do not go through customs if you're getting on another plane, which mm -hmm. uh, leads me to believe that they had for knowledge of her travel plans through China and alerted, excuse me, through Canada and alerted, alerted the uh, Canadian authorities uh, to have her arrested. Uh, but I guess we can uh, bear watching this one. And Matt, if uh, something else breaks, uh, perhaps we can have addendum to this podcast. All right, Tom, take care. Thank you, Matt. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. As you could tell, Matt and I had a ton of fun on this podcast, and I hope you'll join us again next week where I hope we have as equal an amount of fun. If you have any questions, you can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.